0: what is up bosses let me tell you about our brand new sponsor to the show it is flippa flippa is the world's largest marketplace to buy and sell online businesses they have everything from shopify and amazon stores blogs and content sites mobile apps software as a service businesses and domains if you're a business owner looking for liquidity flippa is the perfect exit strategy i'm going to tell you all about flippa during the break in the show but if you want to check them out right now just go to flippa.com slash boss that's f-l-i-p-p-a.com slash boss you can get registered as a buyer and tap into the mini businesses for sale that's flippa.com slash boss all right let's get the show started i'll give you a full explanation of how flippa works during the break
1: Welcome to the Invest Like a Boss podcast. I'm Sam Marks And I'm Johnny FD. We're self-made entrepreneurs who invest our own money and use modern technology to invest like a boss. Join us each week for exclusive interviews with our network of modern investors, business owners, and multimillionaires to discover
2: new ways to invest our hard-earned cash.
0: Hey, bosses. Welcome to Invest Like a Boss. It is episode 193. I am Derek Sparts here, home in Los Angeles, while Johnny is celebrating, I think, the Ukrainian Independence Day out in Kiev. What's up, Johnny?
1: Yeah, 30th anniversary. We had tanks on the street, fighter jets, helicopters. It was amazing. Beautiful parade. And it's it, it's like this stuff, like you just don't see in the U.S. Like, like I've never seen a tank drive on, you know, on Moro's before. Can you, can you imagine like Twitter just blowing up if there's a tank down the middle of Los Angeles? Everyone would be going crazy. Yeah, actually. So I made a YouTube video called what is going on in Ukraine. And legitimately, I didn't know what was happening because they were doing practice runs last week. And I walked out and I, and I just saw helicopters. I was like, okay, maybe they're looking for someone. And then I saw, you know, tanks rolling up the street. I'm like, and I, and I was like, I tried to ask somebody, I was like, uh, do you know what this is? And he answers me in Russian. And I had no idea what he said. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> what is happening here? But it, it was cool. You, you guys can check it out. If you guys search for Johnny FD on YouTube. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Usually
0: when you see a helicopter here in LA, something, something bad went down. So it's nice when they're
1: celebrating something. Yeah, but my theory is this is kind of either show of strength or like pra- military practice. It's not just for parade. Well, let's keep those uh, bad vibes out of that. <laughs> but um, hopefully
0: that's not the case. Uh, are they like legit like tanks? Like, like you think like, like the
1: actual ones that they use for battle or are they more like ceremonial ones? Derek, let's pause this real quick, hop on YouTube, take a look at the video.
0: Okay, Johnny, we actually did just pause the podcast and I watched your video. Those are legit tanks. Like
1: I'd be a little freaked out if something's going down. Okay. Fast forward to when they start, they rev up the engines and there's like black smoke everywhere like i had to like somebody was yelling at me for not like normalizing the audio and i said dude that is normalized it was so <laughs> high before it was blow; it would like blow your speakers yeah that's wild well
0: speaking of kiev and kind of new experiences our guest today we actually met for the first time in kiev but he's been a long-time listener of the
1: show do you want to tell us more about nick yeah so he was on no no he listened to episode 55 of the, the Invest like a boss podcast that was the land geek episode and i remember that one was one i thought i hope someone does this because it seems like it would work and i was so happy that when i met nick at the you know Invest like a boss meetup here in kiev that he was like hey i feel all the way out here because i wanted to thank you guys I just wanted to meet you because you changed my life yeah that
0: was so cool he came to the, the, the boss dinner the first night and he's like hey I just flew in from St. Louis and I was like, wait, like, like just now, just for this. So it was really cool. He actually has been listening to the show longer than me. So when I found the show, I just, I just binge all the episodes maybe two years ago, two, two, two to three years ago. And I specifically remember the land geek episode because the land geek, uh, his name is Mark, Mark Podolsky. he, did the whole interview with Sam while walking
1: on the treadmill.
0: <laughs> I just thought that was really crazy.
1: Yeah. I think that's the only guest in all these episodes to ever do that. Uh, maybe the only guest that I ever will, but yeah, it was such a good episode. I just remember thinking like, you know, this isn't really just a straight up investment as in, you know, set it and forget it. This is kind of like creating a, a side business, side hustle investing some of your money and your time. But this is something that's kind of like a hybrid, you know, it's not really just like an entrepreneurial thing and it's not just a pure investment, but this is something that I can see there's potential in. And I just wish that I had the, I don't know, I guess the, the mental, you know, time and strength is to, to start a new, new venture back then. Cause I think I was busy doing something else or, or maybe at the time I was kind of winding down my businesses. I was like, I really don't want to start something else. I'm not in the U S but Nick did it. And yeah, it was, it was, I mean, he made enough to to quit his six-figure job. Um, I won't say exactly how much he's making now, but it's it's way more than any of us are making. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's the point, though, is that he actually did it.
0: it as, as much as you can tell anyone, here's what I did, here's how you can do the same thing, 95% of people, even, maybe even higher, will think it in their head that they can do it, and then they'll just never follow through. Well, Nick actually did. And he actually he kept his, his six-figure job for I think about 2 years while he was building this up and you know was doing essentially this full-time so he had two full-time jobs and then it's just come to the point where he's like I'm making more money doing this thing and working for myself than you know working for this other company so he's actually transitioned into this is his full-time gig now and like you said he's making way more money than he ever was working for somebody else so it's it's a really cool story and to think that you know, it all kind of kicked off by
1: listening to an episode of iLab just makes it like even cooler. Yeah. So I wonder how many other listeners are out there who made a significant amount of money or even, you know, were able to retire or quit their jobs based on uh, an episode you heard or or something you learned from, from an a boss. So if you did, let us know, let us know on the boss lounge, let us know on the Patreon, you know, shoot uh, Derek an email. uh, Cause I think This could be a new series of guests, you know, not just new investments, but investments have have worked in the past. Yeah,
0: I love hearing everybody's story and there's got to be more people out there. So let's talk to Nick. His full name is Nick Ringling. He does a site called vacantlandclub.com. He's going to go over with Johnny, everything he's done to kind of achieve success and build this whole business. And I think he's going to be pretty open with how you can do it as well. All right. Here's Nick. (music) you. <music> This week's sponsor of Invest Like a Boss is Flippa. Now, if that name sounds familiar, it may be because they were a guest on iLab last year. We talked to the CEO, Blake Hutchison, in episode 144, if you wanna go back and check that out. Now, what is Flippa? They are the world's largest marketplace to buy and sell online businesses. They have everything. I'm talking Shopify and Amazon stores, blogs and content sites, mobile apps, software as a service businesses, and even domain. So if you're a business owner looking for liquidity, Flippa is the perfect exit strategy. You can quickly and accurately value your business and then list it on Flippa to instantly tap into the largest pool of qualified buyers in the world. Now, as a buyer or investor, Flippa gives you access to high quality online businesses so you can create ancillary income streams, diversify investment portfolios, or become a digital entrepreneur. It's all the stuff that we talk about doing right here. Here on invest like a boss they have hundreds of online businesses listed every single week so you're sure to find the perfect fit for you just visit flippa.com slash boss today you'll get the best price for your online business or register as a buyer and tap into all these new businesses coming up for sale that's flippa.com slash boss f-l-i-p-p-a.com slash boss to get started
1: today hey nick welcome to the show
2: thanks johnny it's a uh, honor to be here
1: you know it, it was really cool meeting you out here in kiev for the invest like a boss meetup uh i guess before we get started with the investment stuff what you think of that trip
2: I loved it. I thought uh, thought Kiev was a really neat city. Um, like to travel a lot. I was kind of like more of the uh, raw traveling experiences, you know, where there's not not overrun with tourists. And um, fell in love with the food. I think uh, I think um, Derek and I both fell in love with Georgian food while we were there. I think I seen he was in a Georgian restaurant in LA like a day after he got home. So
1: <laughs> yeah, have you found one where you live yet? There is
2: none. There's not a single Georgian restaurant and we just got done traveling for like two weeks around Eastern Europe and every city we were in I did a quick search to see if I could find a Georgian restaurant. Nothing. So I'm yeah,
1: it's a surprisingly not common cuisine. Somebody needs to open it in in every city in the US. I think it'll do well.
2: Yeah, I think so. Absolutely.
1: Well, thanks for flying all the way out to Ukraine for this. I think you're the, were you the one that flew the first furthest, furthest. you think?
2: um besides derek
1: um
2: yeah probably maybe i think uh i think um uh, forget what his name was but i think him and his girlfriend were maybe in ukraine already traveling around and i think mark mm-hmm. maybe from from england maybe so yeah
1: so, so can of give everyone a little background on how did you find the show uh how did you start kind of listening and why you decided to fly all the way out here
2: yeah so um my background is i'm in sales or I was in sales, um, worked for an electrical supply, electrical engineering company, uh, did a bunch of traveling with them, international travel, and I kind of fell in love with, with travel. Um, so I started looking for a travel podcast and I came across your travel like a boss podcast first, which, um, I kind of thought it was going to be a travel podcast, but it really ended up being more about entrepreneurship and creating time freedom and, you know, kind of living a a boss lifestyle, um, which really kind of resonated with me. And I binged that show, uh, which led me to the Invest Like a Boss podcast, um, probably about three and a half, four years ago. Uh I listened to that. I think it was Christmas of 2018 when I listened to the episode that um really interested me and ended up um uh, you know kind of changing my life for the better from there. So um yeah, so that's kind of how I found both of those podcasts.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. So that was episode fifty-five. That was with the lab geek. And was that your first time ever kind of even hearing about flipping raw land or investing in raw land?
2: It was, yeah. So, um, you know, I was kind of trying to find an idea. I hadn't really thought about creating my own business before um, starting the Travel Like a Boss podcast. Um, once I started hearing all these people who were traveling and creating time freedom, starting businesses, just different ways, um, like, you know, I really went down that track and I was looking for something really hard. Um, you were originally, I knew you were doing drop shipping. So I, I thought maybe drop shipping was it. And I did some more research and I it didn't jump into it because it it just didn't really um, I don't know it just it just didn't seem right for me at the time so I kept listening to um, the podcast and then it eventually came across the the land things
1: yeah what's kind of funny about the the land flipping business is now think about it it's more of an actual business um, than it is an, just an investment because most of the investments that we have on investing like a boss they're pretty passive but land flipping. Uh, and maybe you could talk a little bit more about that, is kind of like an active business. And did it even cost that much capital to, to start with?
2: Yeah, so when I started, um, I think I had $15,000 in the bank. Uh, I, I shelled out $10,000 to The Land Geek to learn how to start flipping land, which left me 5,000. Um, I was making a pretty decent salary at that time, but I was spending all of my money just on random stuff and traveling and you know whatever. Uh, so I had $5,000 left. I bought my first two properties about three months after going through the training, which were um, $2,000 each. Left me about $1,000. Um, actually, I probably had a paycheck or two that came in. So maybe a little bit more than that. But um, yeah, so it, it probably cost me about $15,000 to get up and started to, you know, have my first two properties and have something that I could sell. Okay,
1: that's cool. And, and But actually, I guess that's more of like something I would have talked about on, on travel like boss. It just happened to be on, on this podcast because, Mm -hmm. you know, on that one, like you might pay, you know, a couple grand to join a a course about like how to sell on Amazon, how to drop ship or something. And then, you know, you need a few thousand dollars worth of inventory, but then, you know, then you're working a job. You're actually like working an entrepreneur job. Is that how, how uh, land flipping is? Did you have to put in a lot of hours?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So starting out, um, you know, it was a full-time job. I had, I still kept my my sales job the first two years of doing land flipping, but I was probably putting more hours in each week doing land flipping than I was, you know, on my sales job. Uh, but now, now that I've had it been going for three years now, um, you know, I've got a team around me. Uh, you know, I kind of disappeared this last month, last four last four weeks. I was in Ukraine, came back for a bachelor party for a couple of weeks, and then left for another couple of weeks for. Um, for another trip and you know everything just kept moving while it's gone so it's, it's it's definitely to a point now where i don't have to put nearest many more hours in but um, i think the difference in people who start that are successful and people that start that you know end up dropping out is they think it's going to be more passive than what it is and they don't put those hours in um, but it, it, you definitely get out what you put into it for sure
1: and the, the only reason why it's semi-passive now is because you have a team. So somebody's working and it's just not necessarily you.
2: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There is ways, you know, in land um, that you can do it more hands off. Uh, you know, there, there's people out there that are in the land business that maybe need funding for deals. Uh, and so all you really have to do is analyze and fund the deal uh, then they basically are doing all the legwork for you, um, which I do some deals like that as well. That side of the business is a little bit more, more passive than the actual running the business, you know, finding deals, doing the marketing, running the team, all of that stuff. So um, I I enjoy it though.
1: And uh, so let's say someone had 15 grand and they didn't want to actually learn how to do it. They just wanted to, you know, fund some deals. Like you know, someone messaged you saying, "Hey, could I give you fifteen grand to get on some deals? Would you take it, or like how would they find someone to invest it?"
2: Um, yeah, I don't know if I would take it at this point. I, I'm kind of good on my cash flow right now, but there's there's a, a large amount of investors. In my early days, you know, I would have for sure grabbed it. Um, but uh, there's a a lot of investors that are maybe one two years in or to be honest, there actually are investors who's been doing it for a long time and they just like the idea of using somebody else's money, um, just to minimize their risk, I guess. But, um, you know, it, it wouldn't be hard for somebody to come in, throw $15,000 at a piece of land, uh, say maybe it's five acres up in Colorado that a land investor finds, um, it's $15,000. They don't have the money to, uh, to buy it. So they, somebody else throws in the 15 grand, they buy the property. Um, the both people are on the deed. Uh, so, I mean, it, it, there's a little bit of risk, but not a ton of risk. Cause there's an asset that backs it up. Um, And then they sell that property and they do a 50, 50 profit split is what most of the time it is 50% to the person who finds the deal, 50% to um, the person who funded it. So whoever funded it, they sold it for 50,000, so bought it for 15, sold it for 50, which is a pretty typical deal. Um, They're going to split that uh, $35,000, 50, 50.
1: That sounds like a good deal. I'm I'm happy to do that. How would I find someone or someone who's listening? um, How would they find someone to even do that deal with?
2: Um, you would kind of have to get yourself into the land investment, um, community a little bit, I guess, uh, there, you know, there's, there's a few Facebook groups out there that are, that anybody can join. Um, you could probably just kind of throw your, throw a message out there and say, Hey, I'm funding deals. And then, you know, create a relationship with a couple of different land investors. Um, I know there, there is also a list that somebody put together of, um, fun people that are looking to fund deals. Um, uh, you know, and that's, that's pretty well known document out there. It's just like a Google spreadsheet that um, anybody can add their name to with the criteria of the type of deals that they're looking to fund. Um, so there's a there's a couple of different ways that you could you could start doing that.
1: Okay. And and would you suggest someone kind of know the know the I don't know it's the game, but like know the the strategies first and kind of go through it themselves first, just so they don't you know end up investing with someone who has no idea what they're doing.
2: Um, yeah, I mean, I think that would minimize the risk. It's, it's not probably completely necessary, but, uh, you know, that it would definitely minimize the risk a little bit.
1: Okay, cool. So, uh, I know you got started with kind of the, the landing geek strategy. Do you like, you know, that 10 grand was a lot of money to invest in the course. Like, were you happy you did that? Would you still do that today?
2: Um, yeah, I don't have any regrets, for, you know, for taking that course. It was, um, the way I kind of felt at that time, I had kind of bounced around on a couple other ideas that I didn't really fall 100% in. I knew if I put a $10,000 into the course, I was going to be all in. You know, there was no turning back after writing that $10,000 check. Um, so it, it definitely motivated me to put in the time um, to to do the work. Um so yeah, I, it was a good course. It was uh I think 8 weeks of, you know, weekly classes with um you know, like group classes uh so each week you learn something new and then they tell you to go out and 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 do it that next week and then it kind of just builds it's on itself for for those 8 weeks. Um, I do still use the land geek strategies, uh, in my business. I've taken another course since then. Um, and it's, I feel like maybe it's a little bit more well-rounded course. Um, whenever I have friends or family that are looking to, um, get into land business, I usually recommend the second course that I took just because it's cheaper and it's a little bit more well-rounded, but I mean, both courses are good. Just whether it kind of depends on what you're goals are for the business too. Um, but it, both courses are good.
1: Uh, what's the name of the second course and how much was it?
2: Yeah. The second course I took was, um, it's called the land profit generator. A guy named Jack Bosch who runs that course, uh, to be fair, it, it is much cheaper, but it was more because it was, it's a video course. Um, and that you don't actually have a course teacher, which was the reason why it was cheaper, but it was at that time, I think $1,600. I think maybe now it's like $2,000. Uh, still not too bad, but I mean, you, with that course, you also get the community as well. Um, and the land flipping community is pretty awesome. Like everybody's, everybody tries to help each other out. You know, if you have questions, you go into the Facebook group and like, I've, I've got a ton of friends and a ton of uh, people on my network now that are, uh, people that were, you know, in the same stage of building their business as I was. And we kind of balanced ideas and helped each other through it.
1: So. I, I know that, you know, with like any kind of business, there's always gonna be people be people who do better or worse or just, you know, don't even follow through. But in general, how successful has the, have the other students been?
2: Yeah, I actually had this conversation the other day with uh, another guy who went through that original course with me three and a half years ago and we were just kind of talking like who else because we were in a class of like 30 and uh, we were just talking about who in that group of like 30 people that we went through that with so we're still doing deals that we knew of and we could only come up with like a handful, maybe, uh, maybe like six people out of those 30. I mean, there, there might be people who are silently doing deals out of them. So it's hard to know the exact number, but I'm going to say, under half of the people that I would say probably even another 25% of the people that go through the course end up actually making it and making a, a business out of it. Um, there might be people who are doing, you know, a couple deals a year, uh, just kind of on the side and more, you know, attacking it more like a side hustle than, um, than like a, an actual business like I did. But, um, so it's, it's hard to know the exact amount.
1: And I remember you telling me that, at a certain point, you actually just you quit your actual full-time job because you're making enough money with this side hustle for it to become your main job.
2: Yeah. So that was January 1st of this year. Um, so I did the land business for about um, just under two years. Uh, and then I was able to quit January 1st this year doing doing land investing full-time now.
1: And it was a good job before, right? Yeah,
2: yeah, I was doing um, sales for electrical supply electrical engineering company. Um, you know, traveling around at that point. Whenever I was, whenever I quit, I was just doing domestic sales around the Midwest uh, here in the in the states. Um, yeah, it, it was it was a good job. I, I was in sales for about close to 10 years before, before quitting.
1: Yeah. So I, I think that's awesome. I, I think uh, this success story is going to inspire a lot of people who you know, are listening and just trying to find kind of a way out of their, you know, their nine to five job. Right. Cause it was, you know, you had like a I'm assuming it was like a six figure job, right?
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely. So would you give uh, some, like, what advice would you give someone who was, was thinking like, all right, you know, maybe I'll go down this path.
2: Yeah, I mean, whether it's land investing or, you know, another idea that they've got, I, I, I think that um, the only way to do it is to completely like, immerse yourself in whatever it is that you're wanting to do. So for land investing, um, for instance, uh, whenever I started, I completely immersed myself. So. Um, every podcast I could come up with that was about land investing, I downloaded it. And if I was driving or if I was exercising or whatever I was doing, I was listening to podcasts, trying to pick up tidbits about um, how to, uh, you know, flip land. Um, it, all the communities within Facebook or Instagram or wherever these communities might be join them uh, try to help people that are also trying to do the same thing that you're you're doing and I think that you're going to get benefit from that whether you learn something while you're teaching them or you know down the road you create a relationship with that person because you helped them they're going to help you when you need help um, but yeah just completely immersing yourself I, I know a lot of people are starting businesses to um, you know have time freedom and to um, just you know have more time but in the beginning it's it's not really realistic you're going to have less time you need to be willing to um you know put 60 80 hours in or you know not every week but a, a lot of weeks you're going to need to be putting a lot of hours in, doing what you need to do to, to to grow and to learn and to keep things going so um totally immersion is kind of what i always say to people who are getting into land uh you know just 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 do it
1: yeah, and I think this is the same for you know whatever business you get into, whether you open a restaurant or you open a brick and mortar you know business, or if you get into a into e commerce or something on Amazon or dropshipping, everything takes like it seems like everything takes a lot of work in the beginning, and then maybe you can automate uh, at the end. But it can be location independent. It can be you know you could be your own boss. So I'm assuming it was worth it, and you're and you're happy that you've been down this road.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And the second part to that is don't be afraid to invest money into an education as well. So, um, it doesn't, I don't know, everybody doesn't have $10,000 to invest in a course, but, uh, you know, find the $1,500 course or a $2,000 course that you can start with and then do a couple of deals. And when you can afford the next you know, step up and take another course, I mean, I'm, I'm still signing up for courses today. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll, flip 150 pieces of land this year, which I think is a lot, but I'm still seeking out and, and trying to learn and, you know, uh, signing up for, for coaching programs and masterminds and stuff like that. I feel like learning, uh, should, should never stop.
1: Yeah. So I think a big takeaway for this episode is there's many different types of investments out there, but one of the highest ROIs is investing in yourself, investing in education or investing in a business or investing in yourself to to grow to earn more money. Would you say that's correct?
2: Yeah, 100. percent I mean, I, I'm an advocate for the stock market and doing passive, you know, investing as well. But um, you know, for instance, I I did a deal recently where I I, I found a, a lady who uh, stopped paying. The taxes on her her land out in Colorado it was eighty acres, and she, in her mind, just said, "I'm not going to pay the taxes anymore. Um, I'm just going to let the the county take this property back." And I was able to find her. I said, "Don't don't do that." I said, "At least let me give you a check for twenty five hundred dollars. You're going to come out twenty five hundred dollars. You won't have the county you know coming after you for the next few years trying to get you to pay your taxes. You get to walk away clean." I'll do something with the property. So she, I was like her hero that day. So I wrote her a check a week later. She sent me the deed. Um, I just sold that property for $2,500 down and uh, roughly $800 a month for the next, um, I think it's the next six years. So I forget wow. exactly what it ends up being, but I mean, it's like, it was like a 2,300% return on investment. Um, so you, you don't you know, get that and in, in, in passive investments. investment. Short. I mean, um, I'm all for passive investments. And I, I try to find as many different passive ways to invest passively as I can. But um, if you can invest in yourself and learn a skill where you can you know, maximize your return on, on some investments as well, I think that's great also.
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree. And actually, Sam and I did an episode about that. It's episode 23. It's called From Zero to Self-Made, How to 300 Extra Investment. And, and it really is just about investing yourself and investing in starting a business. So you gave a good example of one of the deals that you've done. Um, Is is that like a typical deal? You find someone who hasn't paid taxes or how else are you finding this raw land and who are you selling it to?
2: Yeah. So the way I found it was typical, the, the return that that's not, as typical um i would say my average roi uh, is about 400 percent on a deal uh, which is still pretty awesome um do a lot of owner finance deals though so i mean that it Year over year, that's like a 40% return. Um, but the way I find these deals is that it's sometimes it's people who stop paying their taxes, so I get a tax uh, list from the county and you can mail them. That's kind of like your lowest hanging fruit, I guess they would say, um, the people that have stopped paying their taxes. Um, that's kind. I've kind of started to go away from that because those lists are getting harder and harder to get. Um, so the way the second lowest hanging fruit is are people that own land in one state and live in another state. So for instance, say I'm wanting to buy land in a certain part of Arizona, uh, I can go online. I've got a data service um, subscription where I can pull a list of landowners um that have land in a certain area of Arizona but have a mailing address to a different state and what I'll do is I'll send them a letter I'll say hey I know you, I see that you own this piece of land I'm a land investor this is what I do this is what I am um I want to buy this land from you and then they reach out to me they, they say yes or they say no leave me alone whatever the case might be and then we go from there And then I hopefully buy the land um the typical deal is anywhere between you know on the low end 10 cents on the dollar on the high end up to maybe about 40 40 cents on the dollar um so buying it super cheap um they're happy they can walk away from it they haven't been there in 40 years they don't even really know where the land is anymore they don't care um so I buy it and then I sell it online. So my my sales side of my business at this point kind of just runs as an e-commerce type business. Um, I have a website. I have um, use SEO. I use Google AdWords. Um, have a few different land selling websites. Everything just drives traffic to my website, though. Um, and then once they're on my website, they can actually check out. They can buy a piece of land straight from the website using a credit card. So they can say, I want to buy this piece of land. They push a button. They put in their credit card information. I get an email saying this person, this is all their information. This is how much they um, put down. This is how much money per month it's going to be. And then either they are going to be pay cash. So I set up for them to pay the balance within 30 days or um, they start paying monthly payments for the next X amount of months.
1: Is is that a website we can see or is that a bit of a secret?
2: Um, Yeah, I mean, it's it's a website people... I can, I can say it's, uh, it's called vacantlandclub.com. Okay. Anybody wants to see that it's vacant, so V-A-C-A-N-T landclub.com.
1: Okay, cool. So yeah, I I think this is, this is awesome. I'm really excited that you followed through with all this and you created a new business for yourself Uh, with the money that you make. Are you using that to invest in anything else or is all of it going back into more land?
2: Yeah, so I do um, do put a little bit into the stock market. And then um, I started flipping houses last year as well, a little bit. Uh, I don't enjoy it as much as I thought I might, but uh, I, I do like maybe one or two house flips a year, uh, basically to the point where I, if I find a really good deal for a house flip, I'll do it. I'll just do like maybe one or two home runs a year on house flipping. Uh, but outside of that, that's 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 about it. I. Just, I, I've got a nephew who came to me as well, asking me if, um, he, could, if I could help him start a business, I think I told you this when we were in Ukraine, but, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, so I had him sign up for, um, or I paid for, uh, Anton's dropshipping course. Um, so I'm kind of helping him just kind of dipping my toe in the water with that. Now, uh, that's more, more for him than it is for me.
1: Okay, cool. And, and why did you tell him to sign up for Anton's method instead of land flipping?
2: um mainly because he's he's still a student so he goes to school he's a senior this year he's going to be going to college next year um i feel like the land thing is more um it's a little more stressful a little more high risk uh it takes a little bit more time i i I don't know if that's the case for drop shipping i don't know how much time it's going to take or if that was a good, a good call or not. But I just kind of knew that it, where he's at right now, um, land investing probably just wasn't the right, right thing for him.
1: Okay. Definitely makes sense. Uh, so I'm taking a look at some of, uh, the properties on, on your site, vacant, vacant is, does it redirect vacant vacantclub.com? Yeah, it does. Okay. Uh, so even with your kind of, I'm, I'm assuming these are like retail prices, uh, even, you know, at the retail prices, five acres of land in, in Colorado, uh, it's only $6,000. That seems still very cheap. I think a lot of Americans, you know, kind of assume, you know, let's say a quarter acre of land, you know, a quarter acre lot, or, you know, is like a decent size uh, house lot. And that might cost $500,000, you know, to have a house in Austin or something, you know, how, how is land still so cheap? Yeah.
2: So like for that one, for instance, um, that is in an area that is, um, it's, it's off grid, I guess you could say. So there's, it doesn't have access to power. Um, the roads getting to it are actually pretty decent. I was down there not that long ago and I was actually kind of surprised at how good the access to the property was, but as far as like building, um, it would take a special type of person who would want to build on that property. Um, so the people that are buying it, they're, they're more using it for recreational type purposes for camping or maybe, uh, setting up a base camp for, uh, for hunting or riding the foilers, uh, or possibly even just buying it saying that, you know, Colorado is a fastly growing state. Maybe, uh, maybe this area is going to develop one day, uh, who knows? Uh, and then one day they will have gotten five acres for $6,000 and it'll be worth $100,000 or uh, whatever the case might be. But the reason it's so cheap is it's, it's more of a recreational type of property than it is uh, like a residential building type
1: property. Okay. That makes sense. I, I'm assuming there's, there's like no wells or water or anything out there.
2: Uh, you know, somebody could drill a well or it, what people do actually out in that type of area is they do a water hauling service. So you buy like a 500 or a thousand gallon water tank, and then there's a service where this truck comes in and they just deliver them water as they need it. So, I mean, there, there's actually, it's kind of like a growing community. I think the people that are building off, um, kind of off grid, uh, and I definitely get a lot of people who buy properties from me who say that's what they're going to use it for. So, setting up solar panels and, you know, doing the water hauling service uh, and then building just a, like a smaller house, kind of like a tiny home Mm -hmm. um, and living off grid. So that, that, that is a big uh, uh, customer base for me.
1: Yeah, I could definitely see that. And what are kind of the building or or legal implications? Like, let's say, you know, I wanted to, to buy this piece of land and build off grid, you know, electricity, I can get from solar, I can do this water hauling service. Maybe he's like a compost and toilet. Can I just throw a tiny home up there or like a trailer up there? Do I actually need uh, permission from the city to, to build something and live out there?
2: Yeah, it really just comes down from county to county. So um, Colorado is more of a restrictive type state. They do have more restrictions. So if you're going to build something, they want to see that you have some sort of septic put in. Um, They want to kind of see your plans beforehand. They're going to have like a square foot minimum, stuff like that. But if you go out to, I've got quite a few properties out in Arizona. Um, Arizona is less restrictive. So somebody can just come in and set up a tent and a uh, compost toilet or whatever they want. And they really don't have to tell anybody what they're doing. So it just kind of depends on from county to
1: county. That's cool. I, I think uh, if someone's listening to this and you're into kind of the tiny house movement, I think it'd be great to just specialize in that. Find you know properties where people can build tiny houses on there, and you know, and maybe even just use it to develop a community, or uh, or sell the plans for someone else to develop a community. So I, I think this is a a. F- a fast growing niche. Uh, I don't think uh, flipping land is going to go away anytime soon. What are your thoughts on the future of it?
2: Yeah, hundred percent. I've actually kind of toyed around with the idea of starting to um, maybe put a tiny home on on a piece of land and see what happens, you know, see what what type of return I get from it, or maybe, you know, doing a couple of Airbnb's on some properties with yurts or uh, tiny homes or, or or something in that line. But right now it's the, the business is just, run so smoothly and i don't have to actually ever go anywhere to see the land or um anything like that you know i can i can do 100 percent of my business from my computer so if i end up going that route then i'm kind of changing how my whole business runs and i'm not really ready to do something like that um but I, i i Do you think if somebody wanted to, it could be really lucrative for them.
1: Very cool. Well, Nick, really good talking to you. Really good meeting you out here in Kiev. I do hope you find some Georgian food somewhere out there, or maybe uh, somebody listening can open a Georgian restaurant.
2: Thanks, Johnny. I appreciate that. It was great meeting you, Sam, Derek. Um, Appreciate everything you guys do. You know These episodes are, are awesome. I think they're changing people's lives. So I hope you guys continue to keep doing it.
1: All right. Thanks again. See ya. Yep. Thanks, Johnny.
0: All right, Johnny. How flattering is it to know that invest like a boss has at least changed one person's life? And I got to think there's there's a lot more people out there as well.
1: Yeah, like a hundred percent. You know, it, it feels great. It also makes me a bit envious that I wasn't the one who took action. I mean, it's it's, it's not that I it's you know it stopped me from because I could have done the exact same thing as him. But man, I, I had I really had a feeling. I remember in one episode, Sam had asked me what's the one investment you wish you had done that you didn't? And I named land geek. Yeah, it's, it's
0: a super cool idea, but I don't know that it's a fit for everyone. So Nick had mentioned in the interview that he, he tried to do your drop shipping and it just wasn't for him. And you know what? I even looked into drop shipping and I'm just like, it doesn't excite me. And I don't super get into it. And I think something like this though, is more exciting to me. Cause you know, you're, you're buying land and you get to, you get to at least go check it out if you want it. And it kind of feels more i don't know real i guess it's just i'm i'm really into real estate so i think this is a cool idea and maybe a closer fit to something i'd be into whereas everyone's just got to find their niche and i think this this really stuck with nick and he's like hey i got something here so is this something that i know you talk about it'd be really cool to do but it would mean essentially you moving back to the united states cuz I, I don't know that you could do something like this in europe so is that something that you if you found out you could make this kind of money
1: you'd be committed to doing i mean it, if I had no other you know streams of income and it have my, you know, my other businesses, then yeah, this sounds like a great thing. You know, I, I'm sure everything takes, takes a lot of work. Um, and I think it'd be cool. I, I think I would probably overcomplicate it, <laughs> which might be, not be a good thing. I would, you know, and buy land that I can, like, you know, uh, add value to, turn into like a tiny home community or an RV park or something. And yeah, maybe it would make a lot more money, but it also just would overcomplicate things. I like how Nick kind of had just stuck to the basics and he's left enough value there where if somebody wanted to just buy it for, you know, for even his full retail price of 20 grand and they were to add value to it, you know, whether it's turning into a tiny home park or adding, you know, uh, water or solar, maybe they can even sell it for more. So I like the way he did it. Um, it yeah. It's, it's I, I think it's a cool, cool business. The fact that he's
0: kept it so simple and he's still getting an average ROI of 400%. I mean, it's hard to, to say, let's put a tiny home on it. Let's do this. Let's let me give you uh, water, solar, whatever I got to do when you're already making 400%. I mean, at, at that point, if you're trying to get a higher return, it just kind of seems greedy.
1: Yeah. But at the same time, I, I kind of feel like right now, it's like a literal land grab, you know, like a smash and grab, you know, grab as much as you can flip it, you know, put it on a contract, make money right away. And it works. But I have a feeling that if everybody's doing that, it's going to burn out the market and it's not going to exist in a few years. While if kind of they held onto it themselves and added value and kind of, you know, sat on a little bit longer, they wouldn't have as much, um, you know, capital to, to reinvest and, you know, and grab more land. But it, could you know, be a longer lasting business.
0: Yeah, that's why I really like, if you check out his site, uh, once it gets vacantlandclub.com. Nick's actually taking financing. So it, it makes it sound really affordable. Like you can get land as low as $99 a month, which is crazy to even think about considering like here in Los Angeles, I just saw a uh, 4,000 square foot lot was $1.2 million. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nothing, no mm-hmm.
1: buildings, just an empty lot. That's all it was. Yeah, it's insane. But it just shows the the you know, I guess, dichotomy of land prices in, in different different areas. You know, I mean, we forget that California used to be a desert. San Francisco used to be marshland. And at some point when it's buildable and it, you know, becomes a place people want to live, it's worth an insane amount of money. Uh, who knows what's gonna happen with you know that. Kind of a random, you know, patchy land out in Colorado where he is, or somewhere in Arizona, or you know, really anywhere in the forty-six other states besides California and like maybe you know New York, or you know, you know, actually, I bet you there's somewhere like upstate New York that just has a ton of land. You know, and, oh, and definitely outside of the big cities. Yeah, there's just there's a lot of land to be had.
0: Yeah, if you ever, everyone says you know we're running out of land, but when when you go up in an airplane and you kind of get the aerial view, you go. There's a lot of empty spaces still, so I think it's really cool. And the technology, just I mean, the tiny house idea—you got you can get solar panels, you can get that water delivery system he was talking about, or even drill a well and satellite internet, and you're set. You can essentially live off the grid and not need any you know utilities hooked up. And it's not that hard
1: anymore. Yeah, what, what's Elon's new uh, satellite internet like company? Sky, Skynet, or something like that. Oh, yeah. I kept, you know, I kept mixing that up because that's from Terminator as well. But yeah, like <laughs> that once- sounds like an Elon move. <laughs> yeah. So once that's available, you know, one of the major things that you need, you know, besides. Starlink, excuse Let- me, Starlink. Oh, he should have he called it. Um, what was it? A, a sky, a Skynet, was that it? I mean, Skynet, <laughs> yeah, you should have called it Skynet, Skynet, that would have been way better, but um, yeah, Skynet know, was the terminator <laughs> network, yeah. <laughs> so, electricity, you know, can be had through um, through solar. Um, the, the water, you know, yeah, I didn't even know that water delivery was a thing, but I yeah, guess, if cool you have enough, yeah, like as long as you have enough storage, it shouldn't be a problem because. You know, you can always just have backups, you know, unfortunately it doesn't rain enough in California to, to collect rainwater, but in a lot of states you can. So you can have one that's just rainwater that you can use to, to shower, you know, uh, wash dishes, do laundry, things like that. You can have, you know, one that's just for drinking water and, you know, you don't need uh, gas. You don't need, you know, anything, you know, you have, inter- you have internet through Skynet, you have uh, electricity through solar, and then you can have rainwater uh, collected, that's all you need. Yeah. And you know what? We're actually, to give you a little preview, we're going to touch more on this subject
0: in the next episode when we hit back with uh, Rad Diversified, because they actually have an entire farm dedicated to off-the-grid living. So this is not something that's going any away anytime soon, and it's just getting bigger and bigger. And if you have your own little piece of land where you could just do this yourself, I think it's awesome. And the fact that you can do a payment plan on it, even if you don't have the money, if you're really that into it, it's really
1: attainable for most people to get this started well the fact that you are promoting that payment plan shows the mindset of how many people you know would buy it and say oh it's only 99 bucks a month but from you know my kind of financial uh uh breakdown it i we wish everybody would pay 99 bucks a month because the interest is baked in and you end up paying way more for it than you normally would have
0: Yeah, I mean, good on Nick though. It's good marketing, and you know, maybe maybe we're a little bit more financially financially savvy that we wouldn't fall into that and probably pay with cash. But the the average American or average person is going to do the payment plan because it's I don't know the psychological aspect of it is kind of I don't want to call it a trap, but it's it's it makes it more attainable in your head, or it makes
1: it it makes it more feasible if it's something that you normally wouldn't buy. Yeah. And this is why people buy, you know, thousand plus dollar iPhone Thirteens you know, on this payment plan, because it's like, you know, 40 bucks a month or something versus dropping 1400 bucks at once, which no person in the right mind would do. Exactly. And I don't think most people in their right
0: mind would do what Nick did either. He said he had $15,000 in savings and the LandGeek course alone was 10,000. So two thirds of all his savings went directly into this course. So that's, I don't know how he just, I guess he just said, you know what? It's, it's such a huge hit that it's going to force myself to, to, to dedicate to doing this. So I guess if you have that right mindset, you know, go for it, but would you, would you advise someone to go some to go into something like this to spend over half their savings into jumping into this? I mean, rationally, it's a terrible
1: idea, but (laughs) at the same time, um, The the reason why people in Anton's course do better with dropshipping than people who, you know, take some cheap course or just do it on their own is because they invested $3,000 into a course. And they're like, all right, well, I got to do it now. You know, the people, uh, the reason why people who sell on Amazon do so much better than dropshipping is you have to order $10,000 worth of inventory up front and you have it sitting in your living room, you know, before you send it to, to Amazon. So your course, you're going to, you know, uh, follow through and and actually do it. You know, uh, I remember the Amazon course was also like 10 grand or something. Uh, I don't remember the name of it now, but anyone who dropped 10 grand into a course or even, you know, three grand and then spent 10 grand in inventory and then had it physically sitting there and they're like, all right, well, I, I guess I should actually do this versus you spent twenty nine dollars on some you know crappy Udemy course or something where you just watch some YouTube videos, and you spent a hundred bucks setting up a website. Nah, like there's no way most people are going to follow through with it. Yeah,
0: for sure. And you got to have the, the right kind of mental toughness and, and personality to do this. And I got to know Nick pretty well on our our trip to Kiev, and I can tell you that I know that I know what he was going through when he did this because while we were there, he had a he had a challenge going on with his friends back home. Where they had to all, I I don't know, I want to say for like 20 minutes, they had to jump rope like 20 minutes a day. He actually packed a jump rope in his suitcase to Ukraine. And they had to prove to each other every single night that they did this by doing a video recording of it. And then they send it to a group chat. So we went out one night until like 3 a.m. He actually went back to his hotel and did the jump roping at like 3 a.m. in the morning. Because if he didn't, he would have owed his friends a thousand bucks. So, like, he's all in,
1: I think, when, when he's determined to do something, Nick's the kind of guy that he's gonna get it done. Yeah. So, great job to Nick. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for coming out to Kiev, Ukraine to meet us up. All you listening at home, we hope that you're the next guest on a future episode uh, at a future meetup. If you have made a significant amount of money through any advice or any, uh, any topics that we talked about on Invest Like a Boss, Write us in. Let us know. Let us know on the boss lounge on Facebook. Let us know on the Patreon if you're a supporter there and you want to join the meetups uh, or email Derek at investlikeaboss.com. He'll sort through them. And maybe we, yeah, we'll we'll find a cool guest. And Nick
0: was a, was and is a Patreon. And we appreciate everybody who's on Patreon. We got a cool new feature coming up. When this comes out, it'll be next week, our very first boss insider guest. We're going to talk to Mike Frankovich. He is the managing director of Empire Flippers Capital. And they're actually going to preview brand new offerings that they haven't shown to anyone yet. If you're a Patreon in iLab, you're going to get the very first look at that and the very first chance to invest in these new offerings if you're interested. And you'll get to ask Mike questions directly yourself. It's going to be like a private Zoom call. I'm super excited for this. And we're going to have guests every single month. I got the rest of the year booked out, but... I'm not going to tell you quite
1: yet. We're going to see how the first one goes. That's cool. I'm I'm really excited for that. And I I just took a look. Uh Nick is not only a patron, he's one of our VIP patrons. And I think he's been like basically he's been um supporting the show for since when? Since February 26, 2020, so a year and a half now. And when we asked him why he's uh, pledged so much, he's like, well, you know, I figured I'd made so much more money from the advice I've given uh, that he's gotten uh, than the cost of supporting the show. So big thank you to to Nick, but also to Peter Head, who is actually in in tied with Nick being the number one VIP supporter, uh, followed by Nicholas Rosen. We have Diana... Uh, Atkinson, David Toland, Jack Crumpy, RJ Perenna, James Baring, Ian, Hayden Key, Lore Annenberg, Nicole Peel, Travis Donke, Richard Patey, and the list kind of continues. So thank you guys so much and gals so much for supporting the show and letting us do uh, these episodes. Yeah, shout out the OG Patreons. If you want to sign
0: up and be a member, just go to investlikeaboss.com, click on become a patron. Like I said, that first Boston center call is gonna be September 9th. And we're doing one a month after that. And there's not only that, there's every quarterly update where Sam and Johnny go deep into their portfolios and actually give you screenshots of their accounts, the first moves that they're making. You know, if Johnny sells anything, buys anything new, you're gonna be the first to know on the Patreon. And it for the price that it is, it starts as low as five bucks a month. There's some really valuable content in there. And we have, what do we got going on? uh, About two years of content in there now. We try to update it as regularly as possible. And we're getting these new features like Boss Insider. Our mastermind calls are really great. So I think it provides a lot of value.
1: It's Definitely worth checking out. Yeah, 100%. That's cheaper than having a financial advisor. So (laughs) Nick, thanks for coming to the show. Derek, always a pleasure to catch up. And all of you listening, we'll see all of you next week. All right, see ya. Thanks for listening to the Best Like a Boss podcast. Join our mailing list at com to get exclusive access to our insider investment portfolios and our private members forum. If
2: you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Tell your friends and leave us a review in the iTunes store. It helps more than you know.
1: See you guys next week.